0: to To uh, walk around in wet clothing. Has anybody ever had to do that? Yes, yeah, it's, it's horrible. When I was a, a student pastor, uh, I used to work with teenagers, and we used to, Rhonda and I would take the teenagers tubing. And I would wear jeans. They made fun of me, you know, and I'd, I'd go fully dressed because my philosophy was that I didn't want to get beat up by the rocks. So when we would go tubing, you know, you get in. And so I'd have on jeans. And when I got out of the water... I mean, it's like a, a hundred pounds, you know, was on me, the weight. And, uh, and so it was just very, very difficult to maneuver. And that's the way it is in life with hurts, isn't it? Right. When we walk around with hurts, we have these weights on us. And the Bible gives us this, this uh, statement in uh, Hebrews 12. Look what it says. The Bible says this, therefore we, also, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, notice this, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So, we got to lay aside the weights. And I think today, I'm so excited for you, I'm so excited for those that are watching online as well, because today's the day that you're going to get free. You know, I've been praying for you a lot, and uh, I, I knew that you would be here. It, it's no surprise. You know, you think, well, I'm just here for the dedication. No, 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 you weren't here just for the dedication. God arranged this, amen? amen. And, and, and those that are tuning in, you're not just tuning in by chance. God has arranged this. And so what I want to tell you is that we have weights. So um, today I, I have these weights that I have in my hand, and the Bible says if we're going to be free, that we have to learn to release them. So I'm going to ask you a question throughout our time together today. And I'm going to ask you, what should I do with the weight? And your answer is going to be this. I'm going to give you the answer. It's going to be two words. It's going to be release it. So let's just practice. Okay. You ready? So what should I do with the weight? Release it. Okay. Let's try it again. What should I do with the weight? Release it. Release it. I should release it. That's right. So in order to be le- to free of this, I have to release the weight. Amen. And so today I want to talk to you about how to release my hurt because hurt is a weight. Amen, everybody? Yeah. It's a weight. And so how do I release my hurt? And so I want to give you three things today that I believe are going to help you, that are going to set you free. And by the way, today we're in the series called Change Forward. I've written a book. And listen, someone was telling me before this service, he said, Pastor, I have really enjoyed the sermons, but the book has really, really been life-changing to me because the details are in the book. Yeah. And you know what someone else said? They said, this is a great book to use as mentoring a younger person. So if you want to mentor someone, this is a great resource to go through with them. So if you get a free copy, it's outside, just pick it up. And if you think it'll help a friend, uh, take them a copy as well, as long as they last. All right, so here we're gonna, we're gonna talk about releasing it today and so and, and how to release our hurt so i want to give you three things and the first one is this is number one is recognize that i have a hurt amen yeah. recognize that i have a hurt i want to talk to you about two brothers that was going to bring this all to light there's two brothers in the bible the first one you're going to know really really well the second one you're going to go like who Okay, so there's two brothers, of, and so i want going to give you the first one. The youngest brother, his name was David. Now, remember the story of David and Goliath. Okay, remember that story? So that's the David we're talking about, all right? Before he killed Goliath, uh, this, uh, he was younger, and this is a, we're going to set up that story with him. He had an older brother. His name is Eliab. Eliab is his name. And Eliab was his oldest brother. And so we're going to find out as today as we talk how that these two guys dealt with hurt. Again, they're brothers. And so, again, the first thing I want to tell you is this, is that I have to, first of all, I have to recognize that I have a hurt. Because you can never get over hurts you don't recognize. Amen. And so I want you to see it. I'm going to read this to you. And I want you to see if you can recognize the herd in this passage. And remember, we're thinking about David and Eliab, alright? So the David the younger son, Eliab the oldest son, here it goes, here we go. So oh, let me tell you what's gonna happen because you won't understand. The prophet, a prophet is coming to David's house. It's coming to his house, and he's gonna anoint someone king. The word has already been given that that uh, the prophet Samuel is coming. And he's coming to David's father's house, which is named Jesse. And so that the words got out. Now, let me tell you something. You know how that when the president comes and visits a the city, there's a motorcade, all right? And they block up all the road. Well, when the prophet, he was more popular than the president. When he comes, there's a motorcade of donkeys, all right? All right. So, so, so it is, it's like when he comes, it's a big, big deal, all right? So he's coming to anoint a king, and, it, and the word is he's coming to Jesse's house. So here we go. Let's pick it up now. It says this, 1 Samuel 16. So talking about the prophet, he said, so he asked Jesse, are these all your sons here? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with fine appearance, handsome in features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. Now watch this next statement, okay? So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Samuel went to Ramoth. Now, okay. Did you see it? Two people were offended, hurt. The first one was David. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, he just got anointed king. No, no, no. that's not the way it started out. See, because when the pre- the prophet was coming, the first thing that David's dad did and his brothers did was send him to the field. Right. See what I'm talking about? They said, "No, no, no." Can you? David's dad said, "Listen, Jesse said, David, listen, he's coming to anoint someone king. You're not it. And listen, we don't want you around here to mess everything up. So go to the field, take care of the sheep. Matter of fact, go on to the back side of the field. All right? And then his brothers like, "Yeah, you little brat, get out of here." Okay, let's keep it real, right? That's what, get out of here. And so now we see, so David is on the backside of the field. While the prophet, while the president is coming, he's going to miss it. While the prophet comes, he's missing it. He's mad on the backside of the desert. He's throwing rocks and sticks and thinking, well, I just don't like them. They don't like me. They put me out on the backside uh, backside of the field. How could they do that? Can you you feel the tension, Feeling like I've been overlooked? And that's exactly what's happening with David. He's mad. He's hurt. And then we see the other hurt, Eliab. Once the prophet says he looked at, David had seven brothers. The prophet came and looked at all of them and sized them up. And God said that that we're not to look at uh, the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And so God looked at all seven of them and uh, and the prophet looked at all seven of them and said, this is not him. He's not here. And so the prophet says, do you have anybody? Do you have another son? Yeah, he's on the backside of the desert, back backside of the field back there tending the sheep. Right. And so he, he sent for him and David comes in and as soon as he comes in, the line that you just saw in there that the, the prophet anointed David in front of his brothers right. right there in their face. He pours the oil on him and says, you're the one and he's a bratty teenager. On, <clears throat> right. The reason that Eliab is so upset is because he's the oldest son. And in, in the biblical days, the oldest son, the majority of the father's property went to the oldest son. He was the one that was in charge. He called the shots. And all of a sudden, he now is being Overlooked. But can't you hear Eliab saying after David's been anointed king and the prophet leaves and, and everybody around is looking at David and saying, wow, he's going to be king. Can't you hear Eliab saying, well, it don't bother me. It didn't bother me. did not hurt me. did not hurt my feelings. No, it's okay. It doesn't bother me. And he's got to wait right there. And you see, it's just like many of us sitting in this room. I don't know if you've ever done this, but there's been times that I have fallen. I've tripped in front of people and I fell and I like scraped my arm. And when I did because I was embarrassed, I jumped up and said, Oh, that didn't hurt. Right. No, I'm good. It didn't hurt. It hurt. Right. You know, it hurt. I mean, it, it hurt. It, it hurt me. And, but no, I've grit my. No, I'm good. I'm good, everybody. I'm good. And when they get away, I go somewhere and go, Oh, my God. it hurts so bad. That's exactly the way we do when it comes to hurts that are internal, internal. Is that we begin to say, we jump up immediately when it happens, we say, well, that didn't hurt. And every time that somebody, you know, it was like the president come to their house and so everybody was talking about in their town and they would say, man, uh, you know, Eliab, you know, your brother David got anointed prophet. You didn't. Oh, that didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. And it bothered him. Right. It become a weight. And so the first thing I would tell you is this. If we're going to get over the hurt, we have to recognize that we have a hurt. Right. You got to recognize it. And so my question to you is this. It's what hurt do you have? What hurt do you have? Because until you recognize it, you can never, ever get over it. What hurt do you have? And so today, I want you again to just look at the next step with me. It's on on your connection card. And it says this, I will admit to it, it really hurt me. I will admit to it, It really hurt me. Why don't you make that Why don't you just go and check that box? Because everybody in this room needs to admit it, that it did hurt. And the truth of the matter is, is that you've been carrying it and you got it. And not only do you got it, but it's got you. Amen, everybody? So let me ask you, let me ask you a question. What should I do with this weight? That's good advice, but I think I'll just hold on to it a little longer. Now you're going to find out what it's like to be a pastor. You give that advice, but I think I'll still hold on to it a little longer. Number two, how to release your hurt. Stop rehearsing my resentment. Oh, dear God. Stop rehearsing my resentment. What 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 in the world is uh, resentment anyways? What, what, is it, what is it that, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I, there's several definitions I could give you, but the one that, I, I just want to give you one that's my definition of it. After all these years of dealing with so much resentment, uh, you know, in my own life and in other people's lives and talking about it, this is what resentment is. It's stored up anger. That's good. Stored up anger. That's why, that's why people can be so hateful. That's why in a a moment they can just burst out and do something crazy, say something crazy to you. And many times it's not about you. It's just that there's that stored up anger and sometimes that that stored up anger gets sloshed around and it comes out on you sometimes. Amen, everybody? And the bad thing about it is that when you have resentment and you have stored up anger because you're carrying around a, a weight, right? You're carrying around a hurt. And because you've got it, you never know when, it, when it's just going to just spill out on somebody. Wow. So, if you're carrying it around, you know, you can't control it all the time. Because sometimes it just comes out. And it has nothing to do with the person that you're talking to or dealing with. It has nothing to do with your family member. But it's there. And it just comes out sometimes. Right. And so, we have to learn to deal with it. And so, going to David's, back to David's and story and Eliab's story, we found out that in this story, David has been anointed king. He's still, a, he's still a bratty teenager, everybody. You know, God called me to preach when I was a bratty teenager. Yeah, my father-in-law was the first one to recognize it. He said, listen, Jeff, you know, I know that, you know, God may have called you to preach and all, but you're dating my daughter and you're still just an American boy. That's what he told me. So you have her home at 11 o'clock, not 11.01. Because I want to tell you, 11.01, we were sitting in the driveway. We could be arguing about something in the driveway. Her dad was going to take the trash out. I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many times dad, Rhonda's dad took the trash out at 11.01. Because the trash can was right by where I would park my truck at. I'd bring her home, park the truck right there, and he had to walk right by it. He'd just take the trash and just, how y'all doing? Made me so mad without a teenager. When I come a parent, I thought he was a godly man. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to say, so here we go. Here we go. So David's out there still tending sheep. Now that he's been anointed king, but that really didn't change his life at that moment, everybody. See, some of you, God has called and, and hadn't come to fruition yet. He's still working with you, you know, and your moment hasn't come yet. David's moment has come. Everybody sort of forgot that he's back there tending sheep. His brothers have had to go off to war because there's a battle going on. The Philistines are, are attacking them. And so they go off to war. And so David's dad called him and said, son, come here, come here, come here, David. Come out of the field. I want you to leave the sheep alone in a minute. I want you to take some supplies to so your brothers. They're fighting. They're about 20 miles away. It's going to be a, a couple days' journey. I want you to go to find your brothers and take them some food. And when David gets there and he tells him, okay, he gets to the gets to his brother when he right when he's getting there, all of a sudden it's early in the morning, and there's a giant in the valley that's screaming by the name of Goliath, and, and he's screaming, he's saying, Let me tell you, all oh, you're a bunch of wimps. And by the way, your God is nothing. He is nothing. Your God is nothing. And he was cursing their God. And David heard him cursing his God and he didn't like it. And so he said, Let me tell you something, let me ask him. I'll take this John. He's a teenager, right? right? Remember being a teenager, guys? You felt like you could whip everybody. Right. Some of you still feel that way, don't you? Right. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, we're about to find whether he's coming back up. Look what happens here. David's older brother, Eliab, begins, look what happens. When Eliab David's older brother heard him speaking with the men. Look what happened here. Here we go. Resentment. He burned with what, everybody? Anger. He burned with anger. Why? Because he's carrying the weight. I don't know if you can see this or not, but my hand's beginning to sweat because I'm carrying the weight. What should I do with it, everybody? That's all right. I think I'll hold on a little longer. (laughs) You get to be the pastor. See, I get to be the member. Here we go. He burned with anger and asked, why have you come down here? Now, listen to this resentment. And with whom did you leave those few what, everybody? Oh, can you feel that jab? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You come down only to watch the battle. Can't you feel that? What I would tell you is this, is we're going to move past the hurt and we're going to release the hurt. We have to stop rehearsing the hurt, stop telling the story in a negative way. Right. In other words, it's okay. You need to get it out to get over it, but you can't keep telling the story in a negative way. Amen? Right. You see, like, this is the way that Ella began, Eliah began to tell the story. Listen where way he told the story. When everybody would say, oh, isn't that David, he was anointed king? And, and uh, Eliab, you didn't get anointed king. He said, oh, that didn't bother me. He said, well, by the way, let me tell you something. My dad, uh, my David was my dad's favorite from the beginning. When we were when we was at home, you know, David could get on dad's donkey and he could ride into town and he didn't have to buy any hay for that donkey. But, oh, you let me get on daddy's donkey and ride it. I better make sure there's plenty of, I had to buy more hay for that donkey, Right. That's some of your story, isn't it? Well, now little brothers and sisters, they didn't have to put gas in my dad's car, but I had to put gas in the car, right? Oh, I'm getting home now, I can just tell. And see, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he began to tell those stories, and he would say things like this. I'm sure that Eliab would say, you know, well, let me tell you something. When David, when David was in our house, he was Dad's favorite, and I, I believe, I believe Eliab was saying this. I believe that, that Dad had already told David that, you know, listen, we're going to send you out there, but I'm going to call you back, and I believe that Dad had already talked to the prophet. I believe it was already set up beforehand. I just think that God, Dad wanted to save face, so I believe that dad had it already arranged, but it didn't bother me. Right. Right. That's what resentment does when you start retelling the story in a negative way. It just stirs it up. And guess what? It builds more and more resentment. And resentment is stored anger. And stored anger comes out on the wrong people. Right. Amen? Amen? So what should, what should I do with it? What should I do with it? Release it. I think I'll hold on to it a little longer. See, some of you say, man, you're so, I mean, you just, my hands are sweating right now. My arm's starting to hurt. Just like you. Right. See, just like you. you. You're not, you can't see it, but it, you're starting to hurt from it, from what you've been carrying around so long. Okay. And somebody's been shouting, you release it, but oh, you just go hold on to it a little longer. Yeah. By telling the story, every time you go, well, let me tell you what they did to me. Every time you tell that story in a negative way, you just build up more and more stored anger. You're playing right into the devil's hands. You see, what I want to tell you is this, is that you will never release what you keep repeating in a negative way. I hear it all the time. People tell me stories and say, but it didn't bother me. The fact that you told me the story and you said it didn't bother you, means that it bothered you. And it didn't just bother you. It's still bothering you because you're still carrying it around. And you know what's amazing is some people are dead that did it to you. They're already in the grave. Wow. And you, they're, still got, they're still got you. Wow. Wow. It's impossible for a wound to heal if you keep opening it up with a negative conversation about the wound. Who in the world would go have surgery and go through all that pain and then when it started healing a week later, just take a knife and say, well, let me just open this wound back up. Who would do? Nobody in the right mind would do that, would they? But we do it all the time when we keep retelling the story in a negative way. Now, let me encourage you to tell the story to a counselor to get it out. Tell the story to a pastor to get it out. Tell the story to a trusted friend to get it out and just to get it out but don't keep telling it in a negative way and say, it don't bother me. Right. You're lying right. because this is bothering me. Right. Right. So the next step, it's on your connection card. I will stop. This is of God. I will stop talking negatively about my past hurt. Listen, how do you talk positively about it when it becomes your testimony? This is, this is what I used to do, and I used to feel bad about this. I used to hold this against them, but God set me free from that, and I forgave them. That's your testimony. That's positive, everybody. Amen? Number three. I got to hurry up and get out of this message because my arm's hurting. Number three. What should I do? It. Sorry, I'll hold on to it. I can handle it. Don't hurt me. I can handle it. I'm a big boy. Number three, <laughs> refocus on God. Oh, my goodness. David and Eliab both had hurts, but they dealt with it differently. David... Released his. Eliab held on to his. When you hold on to your hurt, it calls for your attention. Right now, no matter how much I want to focus on God right now or anybody else, the thing that I'm thinking about the most right now is what I'm holding in my hand. No matter what, no matter how much I want to focus on anything else right now, this has got my attention. And it keeps calling my attention because it's hurting my arm. My my hand is tingling right now. And so no matter how much I want to worship God, I can't worship God because this is calling for my attention. You know, Rhonda and I moved in our daughter's house with her for a short time while we're building another house. She has a cat. We've never had a cat in our home. I thought cats just laid around on the and went Meow No, this cat is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) She's part human. On Sunday afternoon, like I will try to go home, you know, and at about three o'clock, I'll get home, and it's been a long day, and I'll sit back, I'll turn football on, and I just want to watch a little game and snooze just a little bit, you know? Lay back, and all the next thing, you know, I lay back, next thing you know, I got a cat's nose in my ear. <laughs> she wants some attention. Right. And then I was like, yeah, I'll go on, go on, you know, she'll hop down. And I'll get waking up will start watching the game again. And all of a sudden, that cat will jump up on the piece of furniture that our our television is sitting on. We got like a 50-something-inch television. She'll jump up on that furniture, and she'll walk back and forth in front of the television looking at me. (laughs) And then I'll say, get down. She ignores me. And then that cat, if I keep ignoring her, and and I don't go over there and get her and put her in my lap, she will sit right in front of the television and raise up and look at me. She wants my attention. This is calling for your attention. It will never let go. And as long as as long as you hold on to it, you can never give your full attention to God. You can never give your full attention to anybody else because it'll keep calling for your attention. And you see, when it calls for your attention, then you're going to lose focus on God. You're going to forget that he is the Savior. You're going to forget he's a mighty healer. You're going to forget he's a deliverer. You're going to forget he can take care of you. You're going to forget all about that because you're focused on this. But David, 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 David released it. Look what the Bible says. And the giant began to curse his God. And David said, oh, no, you don't because my God is bigger than anything. Because David wasn't focused on this. Look what he did. The Bible said David walked down in the valley and it said this. David said to the Philistine, you giant. He said you come against me with a sword and a javelin but I come against you. How everybody? In the name of the Lord Almighty I come against you. The God the armies of Israel, whom whom you have defiled, I come against you. You see, David was focused on God, and that's how he killed the giant. Because it wasn't David; it was God. Amen. Yeah. But watch what happens. Eliab, the guy that was overlooked, was not anointed king. Had the same opportunity as David had to kill the giant. He had the same opportunity. The giant was cursing them every day. And all Eliab had to do was say, I'm going to focus on God. Walk down in the valley and say, you giant, you won't kill me because my God's bigger than you. And he can take you down. But no no no, he didn't do that why? Because he was carrying this around and he was only focused on this he didn't see his God as big he saw his hurt and he just mad at David he was mad at his dad and he had it all built up yes. See what I'm trying to tell you is that God's got a giant in your life that he wants to slay he wants you to slay he wants to use you to do it but you can't do it as long as you got this. Yes. You see, you're facing giants, but you're scared because you're looking at this. It's always this hurt. You measure everything in your life by that past hurt. I tried it before, but they hurt me. I tried a relationship before, but they hurt me. I tried a job, but that hurt me. And everything goes back to your hurt. And God wants it all to go back to God. You see, you, you just weigh your life about God. Oh, yes, I was down and out, but God came through. Yes, my marriage was messed up, but God came through, amen. Yes, 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 my parents put me out, but God saved me, amen. Yes, I was broke, I didn't know how I was gonna make it, but God, God got me through it. God provided for me, God did it, but I you got this. When you got this, you can't do it. That's why Jesus come along. Look what Jesus said. Matthew 11 and 28. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. Oh, you are weary. Come on, somebody. I'm tired. My fingers are turning blue. I'm tired, everybody. Weary and burning, and what will I give you? I'll give you what? Yes. I'll give you what? Yes. I'll give you rest. Yes. Take my yoke upon you. Yes. Oh, and, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Yes. And you will find rest for what? Soul. For what? Soul. Find rest for your soul. That's good. See, you've got it. See, when I picked this up, it wasn't that heavy. But now it's getting heavier, and the older you get, the heavier it gets. Time time doesn't heal this, everybody. It won't heal it. Time will not heal it. And you sitting here today, and you that are watching online right now, I want you to know time is not going to take care of this. I've got to have God. I've got to come to Jesus. Amen. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? If I release it, if I release it, they don't deserve me to release it. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they mistreated me. You don't know. You don't know. And you're telling me to release it. I don't want to. You just don't know. If you knew you would if you knew what they did, you wouldn't want me to release it. What do I do? What do I do what do I do? Please. You don't know! Would you stand with me, everybody? It feels so good to be free. Today, today I want to offer you that freedom. You see, because some of you, your issue, your weight is this. Is this God you're upset at? If he would have been with me, that wouldn't have happened. If he would have taken care of my family, they they wouldn't it wouldn't have happened to them. And I wouldn't have lost that job. That boyfriend wouldn't have walked out. That husband, that wife wouldn't have walked out if he would have been with me. And you're carrying this weight. I can hardly pick it up with that arm. Right. You're carrying the weight. And the first step you got to do is say, Jesus, I want to release the weight. How do, you re- How do I release it, Pastor? You ask Jesus Christ to come in your life and be the Savior of your soul. Amen, everybody? Yes. Yes. Amen? right now before we go any further i'm about if you're already saved i'm about to get to you, you just hold on with me but if you're not i want to look you right in the eye today the first step is to being free and to walk in lighters asking jesus to save you so right now you're praying this prayer everybody close your eyes dear heavenly father right now in the name of your son jesus we will not go any further because god there's so much weight in this room right now that people are being crushed by it so we ask you holy spirit that you would come down right now and Lord, we ask you to save us, Jesus. Save us, Lord, from the weight. We come to you. And Father, right now I'm asking you, forgive us of our sins. There's people praying that right now. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and make me new, Jesus. Take the weight, take the weight, take the weight. In Jesus' name. Can you give God a hand for that, everybody? <laughs> if you pray that prayer, on your connection card, please make sure to check that box and everybody put them in the bucket on the way out. Please check the box that you prayed the prayer so we could send something to you. I want you to look me in the eye, everybody. You thought you had it all right. So you thought you had this hid, but it's being stored up and you're becoming angrier. And that's your issue. Your issue is not your wife, it's not your husband. Issue's not your parents. Your issue is not your job. It's not your school. It's not college. The issue is that you got pent up hurt. And right now, I'm going to ask you one more time, what should I do with this? Release it! All right. I did what you asked me to do. Now I'm going to ask you to do what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to do what I'm going to ask you to do. Will you release it? You see, or will you just keep holding on to it? That's the question. Will you release it? I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask you to release it. And the way we're going to release it is we're going to to make our way down to this altar, and we we don't care what you're releasing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're not going to ask you that. But today, it's going to be our sign that we are stepping out and we are releasing it.